Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather in your name, God. We ask that your name be lifted up. We give you praise and honor for all that you've done for us, God, this far, and we expect, and we are we know that you are doing things out in our future, God. We ask that you move like you always have in the past, God. We ask that you fulfill what you would have done, your will done on earth, God, as it is in heaven. We appreciate you. We honor you. We thank you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to be back in the studio. We're excited to be back together as a as a group sitting down. We're missing a missing a person, but we're going to try to persevere and make another podcast for you guys, for your entertainment, your information, and your education. We love you guys, and we're just going to start off by going around the table and see how everyone's doing today. Mark, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I've been actually getting out. Like I was telling you guys off there and in Texas, I I started this uh this is app called the Conqueror's Challenge. They have all different types of challenges you can take on that you walk certain distances. Yeah. And the first one I saw before I saw the Lord of the Rings one, well, we'll get to that one later, was I had a Jesus trail. And it starts, it's a virtual walk. It starts in Nazareth and works all the way to Capernaum. Uh, right now I'm in about Galilee because I'm about between eight and nine miles, that's where it shows. Um, and you can like track yourself. And as you pass certain areas, it gives you like a virtual postcard telling you about the areas you're passing, as well as you can choose when you sign up to either stop um, non-recycling plastic or you can plant trees. So like every 20%, I, I opted the trees. Yeah. Every 20%, they're going to plant another tree somewhere in a forest to help with things like that. But it's yeah. just kind of neat. And it kind of, you can see it on the map. You can see other people that are in there as well, see where they're at, what their distances are and things like that. Yeah. And one of the things you kind of talked to us about was what you're listening to. Go on ahead and explain that to them. Uh, so I started back with episode one and I looked at, I didn't realize it was, there had that many episodes, but the Bible Project has a pretty interesting podcast. So I just sit there, get that playing through my my head, and next thing you know, a couple miles later, it's time to sit back down. Well, that's one in, important thing, too, that I think all of us can gain from is what you're spending your time on, you know, because it's time is a valuable asset that we have that is, um, you never get it back. You don't get it once back. It, once it's spent, it's spent, it's gone. So when, what you're filling your head with is important too, you know, because you could just be listening to any sort of thing, any podcast, any music. Um, and another important thing too that I could say is maybe even just take the the headphones out every once in a while and listen to what the birds are saying, listen to, you know, feel the breeze on you. Obviously, you can do that with the headphones on, but it's important what we do and what we listen to as we go about our journey throughout the day, you know, because whether you th- see the results right away Things are happening and knowledge is being built up and it's, you'll see the outcome maybe, maybe not too far down the road or it might take longer, but you'll see the outcome of what you've done and what you've listened to uh, be as being productive. Yeah. And I kind of cheat. I have the bone conduction headphones, so I don't actually have anything in there so I can still hear everything else going around and also still have it giving me the sound of the the podcast, whatever as well too. Yeah. Casey, how you been? It's been a good day so far. Um, good week, I guess. It's Tuesday, not Monday. Goodness sakes, I need to get that straight in my head. Um, 
I worked yesterday and then went to Walmart for like the fourth time in seven days, which I'm not proud of. I just keep on forgetting to get groceries that I need when I go. So I have to go back and buy more groceries that I don't need. But that's okay. Because <laughs> they're right by the ones that you do need. And it's like, right. oh, those, they fit together. I mean, why would I go to Walmart again when I can just get my six sticks of, or my six packets of butter so I don't have to worry about baking again for a while? Anyways, and then this morning I had an appointment and you were kind of talking about something that I realized today in the physical world because I've been working to lose some weight and to just get in better shape generally. And I did a 5K back in December and thought I was going to die. Like very genuinely. It was terrible. Yeah. But this morning after my appointment, I went on a walk because I took off until noon, even though I really didn't need to. I just wanted to take the morning off. And I ended up like running over half of the mile and a half that I ran, which I could not do for the life of me at Times any point until now. Right. So it's like you said, you know, you don't really see the progress until you get there. Um, yeah. One tip for that, if you're getting into things like that, this is what I did was I started to celebrate certain milestones. Like the first time that I ran a half mile without having to stop. Wasn't the fastest time, but I sent a couple of people that I was that I run with, and that it's like, hey, you know, I finally did this. Same thing, first time I hit a ten minute mile, I sent out another one. Like, hey, you know, yeah, maybe people are running a lot faster, run a lot farther, but for me, I'd never done that, right? Right, and I think that's important that we can apply to every situation. You know, encouragement is just as helpful sometimes as the accomplishment. Absolutely. You know, people Keeps around you pressing on. Right. You should have people around you in every situation in your life, even spiritually, that you know that you're not exactly where you want to be because Bryce has told us before that you try your best and then you die and then you've made it. You die, but, then you're in heaven. Anyways. Yeah. So that's but the, people man. along the line who can encourage you in those steps where maybe you aren't at the very top of the scale, but you're making moves to get to the next level also. Encouragement is important. And so I'm going to encourage Bryce to tell us about his week now. Well, yes. my my thing is just to go along with what you're saying. Um, one thing, there's two things I'm trying to learn. First thing is recognize the encouragement that someone else is giving me and appreciate it. Absolutely. Number one. And second thing is be an encourager. Yeah. Be encouraging to somebody else that is maybe struggling with something or someone that is succeeding in something and applaud them when something goes right and when they do something good, like. Say, even if you know that you're doing well, hearing it from somebody else just makes the accomplishment or what you're doing that much more fulfilling, I feel like. Right. I, I will say that's one thing I learned early on about the um the running community. Yeah. Is the percentage of people that it would I would call call maybe like a running snob is very small. The rest like you'll you'll get some of these races, like obviously I've never been the fastest. Even when I was doing good, there were still plenty of people that got done before me. They don't leave. Their friends done running. They're still hanging out, cheering on everybody. Hey, you're almost there. You're just about done. Push through. And to the point of when they had the Boston Marathon bombing years ago, um, one of the races that your aunt and I ran was we bought some specific shirts for, you know, that's just to support the city of Boston. Yeah. And it was like the high line, the skyline of the Boston area. And it said Boston strong. And on the bottom, it, the message was, Wrong city to mess with. Right. But then in the hindsight, you also look at it even more. You look at the – they maybe they thought they were going to stop something by doing that. Right. But 
it's one thing not to know your audience when you're trying to push something forward. It's another not to know the audience of the people when you're trying to do something to them. Right. And runners as a whole is if you're trying, if you're going to scare them away from something, you're not gonna. Right. You know, so like if they were thinking they were going to end this, prove a point that whatever their reasoning was right, they picked the wrong group of people single out to try and do that because people that do running, jogging, all that stuff, they're, we're a little more stubborn than that. Mentally strong. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've heard, it was, it was when the Christian persecution started happening after Jesus's crucifixion and someone had said, I can't remember who it was, just someone I was listening to at the time, it said, um, everybody was trying to stomp out the ashes, but all they were doing was scattering the embers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and making small flames everywhere. And just to go along with that, just sheer perseverance through terrible situations, you won't see right away, but the next thing you know, look where Christianity is now. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of miles away from where it first began with the same message the same hero, quote unquote, you know, the same savior, probably as effective or more effective than it was. I'm not saying the the end result is the same. We get that. But the growth is just the harder Satan tries to stop it, the further and the stronger, the further it stre- or spreads out and the yeah. stronger it gets. I think and. No way am I saying that we're smarter than some of the people in the Bible or even, say, even the devil, because, you know, he's been at his job for a lot longer than any of us. You got to think for as clever as that guy is, he would have known that the best way to kind of squash that movement would be just to let it be and let it ride out, let it die in this one little city and never spread it anywhere else. But then, by like you said, when you if you take a like a piece of dough, yeah, you have a dough ball. Yeah, you smash it down. It takes up more space. Right. So it's all he's doing is like instead of having like maybe covering a twenty square mile place, now it's squished out and there's people fleeing this way, people worldwide. fleeing that way, and yeah, and it gets everywhere. It's worldwide. That's something that I'd like to encourage everybody on today. When when stuff's not going right, there's people watching you. You know, in your situation, watching your actions, watching what you do, watching how you react to certain things. And that's just one reason to have integrity, you know, um, do what's right even when no one's looking, because there actually are people looking. Yeah. Whether or not it's someone physically right there, God's watching and paying attention to your faithfulness to him, paying attention to your faithfulness in the situation that you're in, you will make an impact. Yeah. And you'll make a negative impact if you don't do anything, you know. It's important to be aware of what you're doing at any given moment because there are people watching you, first of all. And second of all, there's impacts being made, whether it be negative or positive. That's up to you. Yep. So I kind of, we guess, I guess we just went on a little rabbit hole there, but my week has been good. They're good rabbit holes, though. Yeah. But my week's been good. It was good. It was a little bit strange last week because we didn't have the podcast till Thursday night, yeah. which it ended up being a awesome podcast. Yeah. I think you know everyone. I feel like I don't see one of my things going back to Casey's point of encouragement. I'm being aware of encouragement, and I'm wondering if it's encouragement to keep me going, and because it was bad, you know what <laughs> I did. Sometimes people will over will encourage you just to keep you going, 
But my thing is like, are they saying that this is a good, these podcasts are getting better and better because they are, or is it because they want us to keep going so they will get better <laughs> eventually? I will say one thing I know, because I've been searching for, like I've been t- talking to you, I've been searching for some different podcasts to listen to. Right. And the first, I, I found a couple, I was like, man, these seem like right up my alley until 10 minutes in. It's like, no, un, we're not following this one. Let's get this one out of my search history. This one's, these guys are... Don't know what in the world they're talking about. Right. But um, I've noticed what a lot of these podcasts do. Like, we always have at the end, Casey, we have the little pre-records anywhere Casey says, you know, feel, to re- feel free to reach out and message us if you have any questions or things like that or to share the podcast. Right. One thing I noticed we haven't put on there that a lot of these do is like, when you listen to these, whether it's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you listen to, leave a rating what you think of it, because that can also help share it out to more the way they, they view how things are. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's people that can hear it, but they only get pushed out more as they see how people actually are responding to, you know, is it actually building someone up? Is it actually doing what it's intended to do? Right. This kind of helps push it a little bit that way. Just right. Just to go along back with, back with that. My week's been, Excellent. Sunday was good all the way around, I think. Did you, you preached on Sunday night, right? Yeah. You did a good job. She Thanks. did a real good job. I don't remember Wait, what you which, said. Which kind of encouragement is that, Bryce? Is it the, uh, it's actually good no, encouragement. I don't it's remember what one. you said, but you always do a good job. I appreciate it. Thank oh, you. Oh, you made everyone switch sides. Yeah. yeah. Sit on one side. Yeah. You talk about uh, Jericho. Jericho. Yep. You got to leave some stuff behind. Yeah. It's true. When you get out of a life of sin, not even necessarily that it doesn't have to be a life of sin. You can be progressing and in your Christianity walking. God said, okay, time to trim the fat again. Yeah. Cause yeah. there's some things creeping up on you that aren't like me. And I want you to, I want you to get rid of them. You never get these perfect trees and bushes without constantly trimming. pruning and trimming. Yep. yep. Otherwise they just grow rampantly and they look all kinds of nasty and gnarly. But if you want them to resemble something, you have to, trim off and shape them so they look like how you want them to look like. Right. That's that's one thing that I want to kind of go on tonight. Can we all agree that God knows exactly what he's doing? Yep. Yep. So based upon that agreement, let's let's talk tonight. My thought this week has been on like predestination or predestined. You know, God has predestined things for you. I don't know what predestiny or whatever it would be, Mark. Predestination is there, so there's a big argument and discussion between and debate between predestination and free will is the big thing on that. That's what people argue. I didn't even go in there. I want to. I want to prove predestination right and good. Say so predestination and free will can exist at the same time. Something yeah. can be intended for you, whether or not you choose to walk the path. They'll get you to the thing that's intended for you. Right. So November of last year, I put in a title for a. a a sermon I'm working on. I haven't done too much more with it, but it is predestination or free will. So I've been doing some study on that. Well, my thing is just to go on the predestination thing. I just look back at my life and everything that has gone on in my life. And I'm like, this has perfectly curated me for this time right now. Absolutely. And I know the things that are happening now will be perfectly uh, curating me to the next step or the next chapter. Right. You know, can you go back in your mind and think of anything that was there that you don't feel like was useful? No. 
I mean, there's some trivial things that are yeah. that are there that are like, okay, that really didn't mean much. But then you get away and you're like, it might have actually meant something. Well, it's like that cliche answer that people get. You know, if you're assessed, if you could go back in the past and change one thing about your life, what would you change? And people will say they're like, oh, I wouldn't change anything because my past has made me who I am today. And like, it seems like such a cringy or cliche answer, but it really is the truth. truth. Yeah. Because who knows, you could change something that you think would maybe get you there quicker. Right. But maybe it doesn't get you there quicker. Maybe it makes it take even longer. You don't, because we can't see, we can tell, say our life follows this line here. Right. We know all of our decisions led straight this way. We don't know if what we, if making what would have been a right decision when we made a wrong one. Would it still turn into this way or would we have to go off here and still have to go through something before we could come back and go to it? Right. There's no way of before it happens, really seeing which way or how your choices help you or hurt you until after it's all long gone. Right. That's one thing. There's been some decisions in my life that I was like here recently that I was like kind of slowly it seems like I wasn't jumping on it as fast as I should have been, but it was me. I don't know if it was me being scared at the moment, but I know now that it's God is perfectly trying to set something up for me. And I don't know if he was, I'm sure he was the one that made the decision in my, helped me make the decision in my mind just to wait off a little bit and be like, just hold on a second. Just hold on a second. Just hold on a second. And then boom, right here. I've I've laid it out for you in front of you. Don't screw this up. Right. Yeah. It's like I've made it as simple as it can be for you. You only have this little bit of this to worry about now, whereas maybe if you'd have tried it earlier, you have all this stuff to kind of worry about to get it there. Now it's like all the groundwork, all the hard work's done. You just pay attention to this one point now of all you have left to do to get it. Right. And you can't mess up. Right. It. Tell me this, Casey, when you look back in from your position right now, where you're at, and you look back over childhood, uh, preteen years, teenage years, and then now, does it all make more sense now? Yeah. Not all of it. I guess I can't say all because there's probably- the majority. Some, yeah. Well, I think it it all does make sense, you know, not going day by day on it, obviously, but- you see the things that you went through. You see the things that you faced or the situations that you were in, Obstacles. good or bad. Yeah. And then you see situations that are coming into your life now where if you hadn't experienced these things, you'd have no idea. How to react, yeah. And not even just for yourself. You know, there are people who come to you and ask you a question who need support in a situation. And if you hadn't faced it previous, you'd have no idea how to be what they need in that moment. But now you have the experience, the knowledge, the backing yeah. that you can help somebody else. I I think that's big. I think that's big to understand that everything that you've gone through, first of all, has been to get you where you are, Yeah. to help you make decisions in the future, to help you react properly when things come, you know, things come up, and to help other people, maybe not have such a stumbling block or you know but some people are stupid and won't listen oh boy let me tell you yeah i think that's the biggest part sometimes we we're so on general we're so self-centered about everything that's going on right and it's like well why do i have to this doesn't seem to affect me why am i having to go through this well the main reason is you can use it to help somebody else because you've been through it 
Right. Maybe it didn't really in the short term and long term didn't really make a big difference on your life. Right. But by having that experience, someone that maybe looks up to you and wants to know, hey, how do I go through this? You now have someone that's coming up in the path, coming up in the same path, kind of. Yeah. I think something we need to get in our own heads sometimes is it's not always about you. That's it, right. It rarely ever you know, is. People have this thing called main character syndrome where they yeah. are the main character of their life and everything is about them. No, it's not. Um, Christ was viewed and came to be the greatest servant. Right. Am I correct? Absolutely. If we are Christians, which directly translates to being Christ-like, we are, in essence, a, a servant. servant. Servants, it's not about them. Servants are there to lead other, not to lead others, to help others, to provide assistance where needed. Very rarely do you hear about a servant where something that they did was a great benefit to themselves. You know what I found out here? I've only been on the service for 22 short years, but I found that the most genuine, the truest, the most helpful, the most caring and kind friends that you can make are people who have nothing to offer you. Absolutely. Nothing to offer you whatsoever, whether it be... You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be monetary, but a lot of time our mind goes to monetary. But wired that way from society, you know. But even if it's just someone that has no experience or knowledge to offer you, or no anything other than friendship, why I I feel like we've devalued devalued that so much by infiltrate or letting these things infiltrate it, such as monetary value, just friendship in general and common care and concern for people. Well, because society as a whole kind of gets us to put everything has a price or value. Right. And while that's not necessarily wrong about the value part of it, but then we can't see anything else unless we can put a, see tag what the, on it. Put a price tag on it and see, okay, well. Is it worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it or can I afford it? You know, right. not even monetary that way, but can I afford to help this person? Can I afford to go and do this? Right. You know, in some cases, the honest answer is, can you afford not to? Absolutely. Speaking to the same point in a monetary value way, just because it's where my experience is, I actually did a paper on this in college for my, oh, not psychology, sociology, like the study between people. People who have nothing. And I mean nothing poor people versus people who are wealthy. A poor person will give more and assist more every single time almost than somebody who has money. And it's even, it means more, honestly. Yeah, because it's everything they have. Right. If somebody has $100 to their name and somebody has $100,000 to their name and they both give $100, it means so much more from somebody who has nothing. We can all... And you have some as well, depending on how much delivery you did. We can attest to this in the restaurant business. People that would order $30 of food will give you a bigger tip than someone that orders like four or $500 of food. They might, if you get the coin change, you're lucky. Right. And there's even the specific instance in the Bible about the widow with the two mites. Yep. I was just thinking I was thinking that. about that. Yeah. Where, you know, this Pharisee or whoever it was that was in the church as it was pointed out, gave out of his abundance. Right. To him, it didn't matter. He wasn't going to miss that tiny little bit that was right. the offering he gave. Whereas that widow with the two mites, that's all she had. Right. But she knew where it needed to be put to use. Absolutely. So she gave, and she gave happily. She didn't, and she didn't give thinking, 
you know, okay, I give this, I'm getting this much back. She gave because she knew that was what she was supposed to do. Right. And it didn't matter what she was going to have left when she got done. She knew that for that amount, that's what she had to do. I think we should use that same same terms, kind of from the Pharisees, but we should give out of the abundance of what we have emotionally, I guess, or men- not mentally, but in, in our spirits. Um, give out of the abundance of the love that you have because there's people in this world that do not experience love. Absolutely. Give out of the abundance of care that you've received because there's people that pe- no one cares about. Right. There's a saying that an empty cup can't pour out, but I think in our position especially, you don't have to worry about your cup emptying if you're pouring into the right vessels. Yeah. My dad always says this and has told me this. He said, givers always will have something to give. Yeah. Absolutely. You'll never go without God will always bless you if you will continue to bless everyone around you. And I've taken that to heart as much as I possibly can. But like you're saying, that McDonald's cup, just for everyone listening, there's a McDonald's cup that Casey has in front of her. It can only get so full until it starts overflowing. Right. Obviously, if if it keeps being poured into and it's overflowing, it's going to saturate everything around it. But if you tilt it to the side... It's going to direct that out to everybody. And if you dump it out, you can pinpoint where you want that saturation to be. Yeah. We need to do that as Christians, as followers of Christ, as lovers of everybody around us. We have to we have to pour out what we receive, not in order to continue to receive, but do things because the Bible says to love when it goes talking about husband and wives, husbands should submit their, our wives should submit themselves to the husband, but husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. And I think that can go along with anybody around you. Obviously, there's a different kind of love that you have between spouses, but love everyone around you like Christ loved them, was willing to give their life to for them, was willing to go out of his way to help them, talking about the Samaritan woman, was willing to go anywhere any situation, any place, any time to give what he had that was available to him, whether it be knowledge, love, encouragement, um, emotional support. I don't know what you'd even say about that because he never really gave anybody money that I know of. Yeah. Um, the only time I know about currency with him was uh, saying, Peter, go get a fish, and yeah. it had a gold piece in its mouth. Give what you have to the fullest extent, and you'll never run out. The widow of Zarephath. Right. She was fully prepared to die with her son. Yep. And instead she chose to give. Right. I'm sure that she lived a full life because she never ran out of oil or meal. God continued to provide. Because she was willing to give out what she had to sustain somebody else. And I feel like an important part of that is the the tub that she dipped into never got filled to the top. No. But it was always enough. Because a lot of the people want to be like, all right, if I give this amount or if I do this for somebody, God will bless me in this way, like prosperity gospel type thing, Yeah, which is a complete load of garbage, if you ask me. God will give you enough to provide for everyone around you and that you can make it Yep, and that your family can make it. I rank that up there with the whole my truth type stuff and things like that or feelings. I lump those all as in things that need to disappear. Whether God gives... Or he takes away, it's not up to you. No. It's up to him. But what is up to you is how you act and how you react. See, the only thing that we can do in this present moment is 
understand or make the choice of how we act or react to something. You cannot do anything else. You can't go to the past and change it. I can't make Mark do something. I can't make Casey do something. But I can make myself act or react or do something in a certain way that will help everybody around. That's the only thing that I can change. Whatever God does is up to him. Whatever everyone else does is up to him. But I still have to do the right thing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everybody has that choice. That's like I, I like to, without going too much into it, my philosophy on this is with predestination, everyone is preordained to have the free will to make a choice. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. They don't have to be like the biggest debate between those is you can't have both. Well, who says you can't have both? Right. Just because we view this one way and this, we view it the other way, that doesn't mean that, you know, they try and say, well, everything with predestination, everything is already known what's going to happen. So meaning... They try and say that we know God already knows who's going to be saved and who's not. Right. Could possibly true. Doesn't make any difference that those people still don't have a choice or still have a choice. Yeah, you got the choice today. Yeah, you're you could make a choice to go the complete opposite way. You still have the free will to make that decision to react the way that you need to react. Let me let me ask you this question: Who am I to question what God knows? Nah. Honestly, what does it matter? Yeah, doesn't uh, that's what I'm saying. It won't amount to a hill of beans, is whatever the yeah. old, old Southern folk used to say. If God knows who's going to be saved, that's not up my to business. him. That's up to him to know. It's not my business. Not my business. What I can know is whether I'm saved or exactly. not. Exactly. Right. You can't even know if your spouse is saved 100 percent or not until they walk through the pearly gates. If they do, yeah. hopefully, praying, you know, living a life that will. Lead them there. You hope that this happens. Yeah. I mean, you can know for you, but that's it. Yeah. You that's all you have to know is for yourself. Right. If you had to know for everybody else, then it would be the same thing we always talk about. You know, grandma's religion won't save you. Right. You skirt tail religion. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you can plant the seeds that you hope will grow because you know what you're planting in their life. Right. But that's as far as it goes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you can continue not, to cultivate. You can continue to cultivate, but you still, not everyone lives to see what plant comes out. Right. You know right. what seed you put in. You know what seed should grow, but you don't know how everything else, the other environment, everything around is going to react to how it is going to grow. And you don't have to worry about that. Right. So Someone else, maybe they're the one that that's, they're the one that sees the final result on the earth. Up in heaven... If you're there, you'll see the result then. You don't need to worry about what's going on before then. Well, let me let me just give you a verse to verify that. It is once appointed for a man to die, then the judgment. Not multiple. It didn't say men. It didn't say man and woman. It didn't say family. It didn't say, it said a man, talking and, human, that is. Yeah, I was going to say, in this context, the word for man is human. a human, one individual, one person. One will die and one will be judged. Exactly. And however the, the, the cards lay or however they lay, that's how they're going to be played at that point in time. Yep. At that point, it's too late to uh, ask for a different card or or, or to say how they're me. dealt it's, is yep. how it's going to be played. Exactly. You know, and the Bible also says only the things that you do for Christ will last. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with my thoughts this week. I wanted to talk about predestination and to kind of talk about 
everything that's happened. Let's talk. I talked to Casey, kind of explained. Not, I didn't go into detail on myself, but let's talk to you, Mark. Okay. How do you feel about everything that has happened? How you were raised, how you were brought up, um, how your marriage has gone, how every, I mean, literally everything in your life, how has it played a part into who you are today? And do you believe that God has preordained that from the beginning of the earth? I would say so, yeah, and it's worked out pretty well. Even all, the, even all the times I did my best to derail it, right, <laughs> and it still didn't change it, right. You know, so that's another like encouraging thing is, yeah, we're gonna screw it up, screw it up as much as you want. God can fix it exactly. So there's nothing that you can do that's gonna take His love away, right. I mean, obviously, you can make a choice if you choose not to follow him. Well, that's the difference. His, his love's still there, but now you're just getting the punishment instead of the reward. Right, right. That love is still there. It's just, Then it's more of, why couldn't you listen to me? Right. It's all it's like, that's all it is there. So it, even then, it's not being, you're, the punishment for that is not out of anger. It's more out of just disappointment. It's like, we showed you, I gave you my son. I just, All you had to do is what you did with him. Well, I think I think it's a form of love to everyone else around. That's what punishment is. Yeah, you know, because when when things happen and and my little brother got in trouble and I seen, you know, it probably worked out more for him than it did for me. He seen me do certain things that I got in trouble for, and it was like, Dad said, "I love you enough to punish you." Exactly. And you're watching it, so I love him enough to punish you, so he knows that he'll get punished if he does the same thing. Exactly. You know. That's that's cool on that part. Let's let's talk about with the predestination thing. I believe that God knows obviously. He Everybody. put he put our well, he put our members together. He knows us from before we are in our mother's womb, the Bible says. He knows who you are, what he's done inside of you, and where you need to be at every point in your life to make the highest amount of impact on everyone around you for yourself for your family, for your friends, you know, peep, just even random bystanders. Yeah. Do you guys believe that? Oh, yeah. Can yeah. can you guys look back in your life and see how that has played out? Definitely. You know, to where you went through, me and Casey, we've talked about this often. We went to the same Sunday school classes. We did, you know, we're in the same youth groups. We're in the same, we we in the youth choir together. You know, and now it has led us to being adult choir as adults, you know, leading worship. But it all goes back to everything that has happened before that was so necessary. And that's one thing, too, that kind of gives me hope for, and, and gives me a reason to tell people that there is hope back there because there's purpose in the pain that you had. God has curated you and has done things in a way that. You can see it takes a while to sometimes to get yeah. past it to see what God has done, but he has done everything in a way that it will bring you forward to this point to have an understanding of who he is. Right. Even moments that seem so trivial. Right. Seemed like they didn't matter a bit in the moment, you know, even in that specific situation with the choir stuff. I don't think that either of us were ever super into it, to be 100% no, honest. No, We did it because we were asked to or told to. Told to. Forced. For the, yeah, forced. I was trying to be nice, but forced is the better That's word. True. 
Um, but looking at it now, had we never learned to work together in that situation, I don't think we could have pulled off being forced into, not forced again, but yeah, this pushed one was into. kind of led into. Yeah, it was more led into. We probably could have said no if we wanted to, but we didn't want to. No. But could we, you really have, though? I think it gave us Just because you had the option to, could you have really said no? I would have wanted to say no a lot more if I hadn't had previous experience. Previous experience. That's what I was just That's about what to I was say. saying. With that previous experience and knowing that, could you really honestly have said no? No. Well, and I think that's a big part in just being lifelong friends. You know, we've known each other for since we've known anything. I know. Since I was about a year and a half old. So that has given us enough experience to say that we can do this. Yeah. Not we can do this, but God can do this through us. Yeah. Absolutely. And we know that too. So. And in that same vein, honestly, I think we need to change the way that we think about things sometimes. You know, I feel like a lot of society or a lot of our thought process is very black or white. You know, things are good or they're bad. Things are the devil working. Things are God working. Good, evil, whatever it is you want to say, people feel like there's only two options and everything falls in one or the other. When in reality, if you look back at situations, even the the bad things, the things where you think it was adverse oh my goodness, adversity from the devil, things that you'd have no idea how it could be of God, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, the outcome is still the same. I think that's where it comes into play too with like free will, our free will and predestination. Um, when uh, Joseph got thrown into the pit, betrayed by his brothers and sold off, you know, it was an evil thing, and he even goes on to say, the things that you meant for my evil, God has turned it around yes. for my good. And that that goes directly with Casey's point, saying that things aren't black. Things may be black and white, actually. Things may be black and white, but God will turn them around. He will twist and tweak and, and repair and mend everything that he needs to in that moment for the outcome at the end that is something that he wants it to be that would be for the common good of everybody. Well, think of, I've used this example before. Think of, you know, we, we know God created everything. Right. So God created all the tools. Yeah. It doesn't matter if a good person's using a tool or the bad person's using a tool. The guy who created the tool can make it do what he wants no matter what someone's using it for. Right. They may be trying to do it to hurt you. It's like, well, okay, I'll let you do it that way because I can use that and show how it's going to help him instead. I just had an epiphany on free will versus predestination, and it might not be as profound to everybody else as it is to me. GPS, you put in where you want to go, yep. your destination. You have the choice to follow the path that's laid out in front of you or make 18 different turns that are wrong. Regardless, the it destination will, will not change. Right. Yeah. You'll still get to the destination. You just choose the path that you take to get there, whether or not you want to listen to the one that makes sense or you want to go do your own thing for a little bit before you get there. Yeah, you notice how it breaks down most times. Shortest distance, quickest time, or most expensive, like if you have tolls. So you have options like, do you want to get there as tolls, country as roads, quickly, everything? Yeah, as quickly as you can. Do you want to get there in as short a distance as you can? Or are you willing to spend some money and some time to go and get there a little bit a little bit different time that way? And we do life the same way. Right, because we got that. We have that one goal, that one place that we're all trying to get to. And it's like, do we want to take the most direct route, or do we, for lack of a better word, like uh, go look at the country scenery for a little bit? Right. Because we know better than the thing that's mapping us there. Right. That 
that is one thing. We have free will to make the decision, and yeah. God has a destination, a predetermined destination that will push us back. Yep. Kind of, you know, if you're out in a sailboat, the wind kind of guides you where you go, but you still have a rudder, yep. and you can still move the sails. You have the, uh, the ability to move and kind of direct yourself, but the wind is going to do the directing. Yeah. Whether you see that or not, the wind is going to take you where the wind wants you. And yeah. Mark uses the wind as a kind of a synonym or a um, analogy. Let me there. Thank you. An analogy as the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit will lead, guide, and direct your path, you know, because he is only going to testify, the Bible says, of the Father, of the one who sent him. He's going to direct you back right where you need to be. It's the only place. Like what I said Sunday morning was at the time all this is written, by the time man was here, the devil and his angels were no longer in heaven. So all the the Holy Spirit could bear witness of was all that he saw. And all he saw was God, and all he saw was Jesus until Jesus came down. Right. And the only things he heard of were of the things of God. He knows nothing else. And we, we say he, but it, it, whether you believe whatever, it's a male it or, it or whatever, doesn't matter. It just it makes it easier for us to identify it as a person right. if we say he or the or something like that. Right. It doesn't take anything away from whatever the spirit really is. It just right. makes it easier for us to wrap our minds around it. Yeah. But so he can only tell what he's seen, what he saw, what he's heard, and what he's been told. Right. And all there is is God. That's all he's got. That's all he's going to tell you. That, and that's a way you can kind of discern what it, sa- it says to test spirits to know if they're of God. If what's, you, what's popping into your head, what you feel you're being led to do, contradicts what you know the Bible says. Run. <laughs> run. And uh, like, the, uh, like what I said Sunday morning is, if, if you're listening to someone and what they're preaching is not something that you can see in the Bible and it's right. Right. If they don't... Listen when you go to them. Say, "Hey, you know that's not what the Bible says." If they're not willing to listen, there's a back door you can go out, and there's a front door you can go out. Or if they're locked, there's a window. Right. Do whatever you have to do to get out of there. If they're not willing to take correction, if everybody has the same opinion on what's being said, or if everyone's saying the exact same thing, you're most likely in a cult. <laughs> yeah. I like I I always Truthfully. say there's there's, yeah. there's really only a few things that matter. Right. And all the rest is. Personal preference. Everybody it, else has – everyone has an opinion on something. Yeah. But everyone and, also has armpits, and both of them stink. Yeah. And, you know, the only things that matter is what people do with Jesus. What did – do you believe that Jesus lived when he was here? Do you believe that he did what he said he did? Do you believe he said what he said he said? Right. Do you, And other than that, there's nothing else that affects – where you go. Right. Everything I mean, else is trivial. Yeah. So it's I, like, it doesn't matter. And here's another thing too. We're, we're spending so much time on the stuff that's trivial and we're wasting the time. Like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, we're wasting this very valuable, precious time where we could be witnessing to people. Right. So I know, I know some people that only will talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ because they're like, listen, I don't have a lot of time, and this may be the only time I ever get to see you and talk to you in this personal matter. Jesus is who you need. Yeah. Jesus is the answer for it. Uh, Jesus is the cure. 
Jesus says the way you're going to get to heaven, the only way you're going to get to heaven, let's baptize you, get you saved, and and then we can start working on the knowledge. Yeah. But the foundation has to be built there. The only thing that affects your eternal destination is what you do with Jesus. Right. Nothing else matters. Nothing else whether I agree that we need to have more contemporary music, whether I agree that we need more hymnals, whether I agree that everyone up on stage needs a button-up shirt and a tie. Not going to happen, buddy. No, I, I don't believe that. I'm just right, saying right. Like, it, I know. that is not going to affect See, I wish, I wish everyone had that same thought as you, Mark, because some of the stuff that people say that has to happen in church is so stupid. It is. I'm literally sitting down here right now wearing Christmas tree pajamas. I'm not he the sure only all-year Christmas fan. You know, we got sit- sandals on with no socks this time. It, it, not about how it looks on the outside, but the content that's coming out. Yeah. The content that's involved. If I wore a raggedy old white t-shirt, which I do every Sunday, but it's covered with a nice t-shirt. Over but top if I wore that, that same shirt, the message coming out of my mouth is no different. That is, like you said, something people need to get their heads around. We really do. It's a, it's our fault, and it's in it. We're looking at this world, and a lot of people are like, the Christians are like, man, this world is going to pot. We're letting it. Exactly. We stay quiet too much. We let too much other stuff that makes no difference take precedence, and then the stuff that does make a difference, we brush over because oh well, that doesn't. Don't worry about that right now. You're okay for right now. Let's just right. worry about. Let's see what you got in your closet for for next Sunday. If you are not the right social class. Right, I'm not. the right. None of us are. Yeah, the right, <laughs> I'm a reject. Yeah, <laughs> the right social class. If you're not the right tax bracket, tax bracket. If you don't have the right appearance, if you are not the correct gender for some people, yeah, they could care less about what comes out of your mouth, regardless of the validity of it, regardless of the inspiration of it, of the anointment of it. Right, and that is something that is heavily costing. I think the Christian world right now. It is. We're too worried about these trivial things like clothes, uh, money, etc. You know, anything that could fill that uh, temporary box. And then we're also worried about hurting people's feelings. Um, it's going to hurt a lot less than burning in hell. Look, I'm sorry. If you value your feelings over, over the, the truth. honest truth, yes. that's your own personal defect Absolutely. and there's nothing I can do about it. Right. Now... Obviously, you guys grew up in church more than I did, though I have done... You've been there the same amount of time as yeah. us, basically. Well, yeah, but you... Listen, man. Yeah, I could say you've done it all your life. I, I have I got four years on Mark, and that's about all. <laughs> <laughs> and But correct me if I'm wrong. Is there ever any instance when Jesus is interacting with anybody where they draw attention to what he's wearing? Not that I know of. They draw any attention to what his particular hairdo is? Nope. Do they care about who made what sandals he's wearing? Jesus said foxes have their holes and birds have their nest, but the Son of God has no place to lay his head. Yeah. Jesus was homeless. He was a gypsy. You could say he was a gypsy. Wandering, teaching, never staying in any one spot. Jesus was Jesus. Nobody yeah. cared about anything else. Yeah. See, and, and so we shouldn't anyway. That, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing that we're trying to get across here. We're wasting time on trivial things and letting the fundamental and the necessary things go to the wayside when they're the actually the important thing. And I think it's a tactic or a trick to get us divided or to push our attention somewhere else to where we can't actually get people saved or help people 
lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are sitting here worried about what kind of phone you got, what kind of shoes you're wearing, if your shirt's tucked in, if you're wearing a belt, if you're wearing a tie, if you sit in the front, if you sit in the back, if you park there or park here, or my seat's there, or my seat's there. And we're sitting here worried about that. And all the time we could have spent it on saving souls. Can I give some advice that would be helpful? I think would be helpful to people. Yeah. Say you're coming, whether it's coming to our church or another church. I don't, I know most of the people that listen to this podcast are either they either go to our church or the people that we fellowship with. Right. You're someone new that's coming to a church. The first thing you should not ask about is what programs and things you do. What things do you have for the kids? What things do you have for certain holiday events? The biggest question you need to ask, whether it's the associate pastors, the elders, the Sunday school teachers, or the senior pastor, is what do you do with Jesus? Right. If they've got the answer that that Jesus did what he said he did, he lived, he died, he rose again, he did everything that he said he did, he made all those promises. Is who he says he was. Is who he says he was and is. Then the rest you can find if you like later. That That is more important, that one little, little bit, right. than all the rest of the stuff. Because you'll find there'll be a lot of times you're going to go somewhere where everything else, oh, yeah, I like all this stuff. I like their music. I like, oh, they all, I, I hear they always do this every Christmas. They do this, and it's really good. But then they don't know how to handle Jesus. They don't know what they think of him. Now, and to clarify, too, there is times for teaching and edification of yes. the people, but with the basis of Jesus being exactly. at the foundation of it. You know, we're trying to do everything according to how Jesus said to be done. Right now, we're teach. My dad is teaching a. He's kind of teach preaching, kind of slash. You know, half and half. He's I like, was going to try to put those style. words together, but it's just teaching or preaching. Even if I try to put them together in my head, so so it's kind of fitting into my style, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I preach, but I do more of teaching when I preaching? preach. He's for teaching. But anyhow, preaching? he's talking about a family and how the family should operate and the roles, every role of the family is going through and giving you how it should, but he's not doing it out of personal knowledge. No. He's pulling it exactly it from scripture. the Bible, scripturally backed. And if, if your preacher's doing that, then okay, you got to listen to that. That's what I'm saying. That's you know? not trivial. That He's talking about how he started off with the woman because it's Mother's Day but how they should be discreet and honorable exactly. their, to their husband and not taking in much wine and sober and and if they give good. You, if they give you more personal opinion and thoughts of where how you should do it than backing it up with scripture right it's time to start looking for where the exits are right because at the end of the day their opinion really don't matter no and normally it's a bad opinion at that point yeah and you got to think about this too my dad's opinion on stuff does not affect anything no now if he says this is what the bible says that's exactly and it kind of is most of the time the it'll go contrary to your opinion or what naturally feels good to you but if it's what the bible says i just gonna go ahead and go with it yeah there's a gentleman i used to listen to i can't remember his name right now and it, it was his big thing was when he was first starting out he used to always say thus saith the lord he said then i started getting to the point it's like that's not what it's saying. He's like, now it's like, unless I, even when I'm teaching something or if I'm preaching something, if I can't find a spot where there's either Jesus directly saying it or God directly saying it, I will not use the phrase, thus say it, Lord. Lord. He's like, because 
I'm not putting words into his mouth that weren't there to start with. Right. I'd rather make it seem like it's more my opinion based on Bible than to say, well, God said this, and then you can go and you can look. No, he didn't ever say anything about that. So we were talking about something. I don't know if it was on air or at the beginning of this podcast. I'm pretty sure it was off air, to be quite honest with you. But that was shorter this time. We didn't do spend too much time off air today. I know, but we yeah. were talking about stuff that works. Yeah. Was that on air or was that off air? Am I just crazy? I think it was off. I'm gonna be real. I don't even remember. But we me and Mark were talking about something and it we're like, why does everyone want to get in and put their own two cents in it? But knowing to do this, do this, do this, and here's the outcome, and it works. Why why aren't we just doing that? Because God created man and he created woman, and that means he created the family. Yeah. If he says, that, do a woman do this, 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 and man do this, 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 and you'll get this, this, and this, why are we straying away from it? It's yeah. literally instructions on how to be a family properly, biblically. And if God did it, if if the creator made it and he had an intended outcome, he knows that if you you do these steps, it's going to work out in the end. Like you're talking about with your uh, doing your programming and anything like that. You know, if you place this here, place yep. this there, put this algorithm here, do that, move this over here, you're going to get what you want in the end. God's laying it out for us. Yeah, you can. You can do that very easily. Like I, when I, the, I've spent a while since I've done it, but whenever I do a web page, I know that, you know, a computer is going to show it one way, mobile phones another, tablet another. But there are things that you can put in. It's like, I don't care what it's on. I will make it show this. And it's going to work. And it's going to be the exact same on all of them. Obviously, smaller screens will be harder to see, but I can make it so the exact same thing shows no matter what I choose to use. Right. And that's the same thing with God. It doesn't matter whose life he's using as the example at that time. Right. You can look at Abraham. You can look at Isaiah. You can look at Paul and these guys and... You're going to see the same thing, right? No matter who you're looking at, and sometimes in the natural world, that the creator is not always the designer, because they want to f- make it more appealing to the eye. But in this, in this case of God, He's the creator, He's the designer, He's the author. The Bible said He's the finisher. He knows what it takes to make it, and if you'll follow that, you will. Yeah, and there's a, that's the difference. Uh, a good. Not only does he know what it takes, he's laid the what it takes out in front of you to where all you got to do is just do it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Accepting the first person that designed each language, no one that does any coding for websites or apps or anything like that, designed the language they're using. The first guy did. That's it. Right. Whereas God created everything, he designed the language, and he's using it. And he knows better than any of us. Yeah, the one who created the language can get more out of it. Right. And with that, we're going to end this podcast. I just want to say that I love you. I appreciate everything that you guys have done to listen to us, to make an effort to stay with us the whole route. We appreciate all the support we've got, and we're just going to continue to press on. All right. Love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached 
through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.